Good morning and welcome to Roadmap to Heaven. I'm Adam Wright and I am so happy to be with you on this first Friday of the month of June. Actually, July. Oh, I'm going back in time here. It's not good, ladies and gentlemen. We can't go back in time. But it is first Friday. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We are going to have our Roadmap Roundup this morning. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Most sweet Jesus, whose overflowing charity for men is requited by so much forgetfulness, negligence, and contempt, behold us prostrate before you, eager to repair by a special act of homage the cruel indifference and injuries to which your loving heart is everywhere subject. Mindful, alas, that we ourselves have had a share in such great indignities we now deplore from the depths of our hearts. We humbly ask your pardon and declare our readiness to atone by voluntary expiation not only for our own personal offenses, but also for the sins of those who strain far from the path of salvation, refuse in their obstinate infidelity to follow you, their shepherd and leader, or renouncing the promises of their baptism have cast off the sweet yoke of your law. We are now resolved to expiate each and every deplorable outrage committed against you. We are now determined to make amends for the manifold offenses against Christian modesty and unbecoming dress and behavior, for all the foul seductions laid to ensnare the feet of the innocent, for the frequent violations of Sundays and holy days, and the shocking blasphemies uttered against you and your saints. We wish also to make amends for the insults to which your vicar on earth and your priests are subjected for the profanation by conscious neglect or terrible acts of sacrilege of the very sacrament of your divine love, and lastly, for the public crimes of nations who resist the rights and teaching authority of the church which you have founded. Would that we were able to wash away such abominations with our blood. We now offer in reparation for these violations of your divine honor the satisfaction you once made to your eternal Father on the cross in which you continue to renew daily on our altars. We offer it in union with the acts of atonement of your Virgin Mother and all the saints and of the pious faithful on earth, and we sincerely promise to make recompense as far as we can with the help of your grace for all neglect of your great love and for the sins we and others have committed in the past. Henceforth, we will live a life of unswerving faith, of purity of conduct, of perfect observance of the precepts of the gospel, and especially that of charity. We promise to the best of our power to prevent others from offending you and to bring as many as possible to follow you. O loving Jesus, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mother, our model in reparation, deign to receive the voluntary offering we make of this act of expiation, and by the crowning gift of perseverance, keep us faithful unto death in our duty and the allegiance we owe to you, so that we may all one day come to that happy home where with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is our first Friday, and, uh, you know, reminder today, we have just prayed a, a prayer of reparation for sins uh, against the Sacred Heart, um, but we are also called to go to Mass today and receive Holy Communion as well, in addition to our prayers. And so I hope, you know, maybe as you listen to the show this morning, that's what you're on your way to go do today, is go to Mass. If not, perhaps you can alter your plans and get to Mass this morning or later today as well. 
Being the first Friday of the month, we thought it would be fun to bring back the Roadmap Roundup. And so I'm happy to have with me in studio today on the show, Gabe Jones. Yeah. How are you today, sir? I'm I'm okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Big day for you. Dealing, We're going to get into that later. reality. <laughs> yeah. And then Corey Grizzle made the trek all the way from St. Charles. All the way. Again. Yeah. What, what was it on, on Radiothon recently? We had some St. Charles guests help write, rewrite the song, Over the River. Right. And through, and the, through the potholes. Through the potholes. <laughs> <laughs> to Covenant Network we go. you got to go a little bit farther west in St. Charles County these days to get the potholes. But. <laughs> well, yeah, but no, we have plenty of them here in the city for you, waiting for you. Right, when, there when you are. Come they're in. Yeah. they're uh, greeting me as we come to interview. Yeah, well, we got a lot we're going to talk about on the show today, including marriage and growing older and the leisure of I don't know not why just want to talk about summer, and uh, <laughs> there's a lot of reasons for that today, um, and, 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 and much more. But let's go to Mike Roberts first for a look at today's weather and our saint of the day. Today is the feast day of Blessed Ralph Milner and Father Roger Dickinson. Born in England in the early 16th century, Ralph was raised as a Protestant. He grew up to be a peasant farmer, and he and his wife had eight children. The Catholic Church at that time in England was under severe persecution, but in spite of that persecution, it continued. Ralph was so impressed with the faith of his Catholic neighbors that he converted. However, on the day he received his first Holy Communion, he was arrested for practicing Catholicism. While in prison, his own faith impressed the guards, who gave Ralph the freedom to come and go as he pleased. And in the process, he met Father Roger Dickinson. Father Dickinson grew up in England, studied in Reims, and then, after becoming a priest, was sent back to England as a missionary. He had already been arrested once, but had escaped. However, as he was being escorted by Ralph Milner to preach at a local village, Father Dickinson was arrested again, and both he and Ralph Milner were condemned. The judge, who did not want to execute Ralph Milner, tried to get him to make some small concession, even just visiting a Protestant church. But Ralph refused, and in spite of the pleas of his family, to renounce his faith and live, he remained steadfast in his Catholic faith. He and Father Dickinson were both executed on this day in 1591. Blessed Ralph Milner and Father Roger Dickinson, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. We are back. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright, and I've got Gabe Jones and Corey Grizzle in the studio with me for today's show. And it is indeed a uh, noteworthy day because Gabe Jones has made another trip around the sun. Yes. Happy yes, birthday, indeed. sir. Thank you. All yes. right. I'm sure. I, is that what you say this, at this age? You start saying thank you? Or, I mean, like, should I start saying, like... <laughs> well, what else uh, would you say? Well, I mean... Thank like, you. Thank you would be appropriate. Not start saying... <laughs> I've been saying thank you for years. Should I say like, yeah, I know. Well, how, something I, I like that. Something sad. so. Yeah. How, how how young are you today? I am thirty-five. Yeah, you're still young. Yeah, you know? I, don't, I don't know. This is like this is a big age. <laughs> this is like middle thirties. It, it is kind now. of a milestone. So yeah. th- this year, a small number. <laughs> this year, I turned forty. You're turning. 35 yep. today and Corey you're you're always young so we're just <laughs> gonna leave, we're gonna leave that there um, but it, it 
it was a reminder for me. It, it's kind of been a big year in that I turned 40, our son turned 13, um, and birthdays always kind of serve as a stopping point and a moment of reflection for me to say, all right, where am I in life and am I happy with where I'm at or do I have more work to do? And the answer to that second one always seems to be yes. And some people say, well, just don't worry about it, man. Don't worry about it. But how, how important is it for us to just stop once a year, maybe more than once a year, and say, all right, where am I in life? Am I doing what God's calling me to? And what do I need to do to get into gear? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think you should you definitely should do it more than once a year. You know, <laughs> birthday is a good time to do it, but it should happen a few other times. And I think uh, every birthday, every sort of one of those milestone dates, whether it's I think we have more of them when we're younger. If you think about it, like, you know, oh, I'm 16, I can drive. Oh, I'm 18, I can I can vote. buy lottery tickets. Oh, you know, yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> we I'm went to two different places with that. <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever. It seems like they happen more frequently when you're young. Oh, I'm graduating from my high school. I'm graduating from college. Yeah. But then you get into adulthood, and now it's like, oh, all it is is just getting older. And so then you hit these points, you know, like today for me, 35. Oh, wow. And it is a milestone. You have to think, wow. Thank, you know, thank God for, you know, all I've been given and how I've gotten here. But then, you know, the reflection of the looking back and then looking forward, uh, it's, uh, I think sometimes a little, um, I don't know, daunting, I think when you're an adult, <laughs> maybe this is me just, you know, kind of, oh, it's my birthday and I'm going to feel all sappy today. But it's kind of daunting thinking about just being an adult and what it means to live the next 35 years of my life, what those are going to look like. What are the questions we should be asking ourselves on a regular basis, though, to, to check in? I mean, I, I, I'm a big proponent of the examination of conscience every evening, and that's kind of a daily check-in of where did I sin today or where did I fail today or where could I have done better? And I like to do where, where did I do well so I can build upon success. But, you know, big picture, what are those questions we should be asking ourselves? Well, I, I love the ideas of goals. So when we sit down and, and look at, you know, our lives and where we are, and it's usually on our anniversary. Our anniversary is January 3rd, so it kind of coincides nicely with the beginning of the year and New Year's resolutions and things like that. But we sit down with our um, five major goals, and I'm not going to remember them all, but they're um, like financial goals. Where are mm-hmm. we financially, and what do we need to do to get to where we want to be in our marriage? You know, how are we doing, and where do we need to go to get to where we want to be as a family um, what kind of travel vacations, you know, do we want to take this year? What kind of things do we want to do? Um, in our careers, you know, is there something you want to do outside of the family that's something different or organizations or things like that? So we kind of sit around and talk about that. Um, and, and a birthday is a perfect time to do that, especially at 35, where you're like, oh, my life is almost over. <laughs> and you're like, no, actually, it's kind of just beginning. <laughs> you know? Okay, thanks, Corey. Yeah, yeah you're well, welcome. Well, right, we'll that away. <laughs> Hi, I'm 40. I've been to the doctor four times in five months. Yeah. You know, yeah. true story. But, you know, Corey, as we think about that, one of the other things I look at is when I was younger, Gabe, as you were saying, you know, you have all those, I'm, I'm 16, I can drive. I've got the freedom of mm-hmm. a car now, or I'm 18. You can't tell me what to do. And, yeah. and all of these things. Now I look at it. And I'm like, okay, I've been in the same job for three years. This is great. You know, yeah. I like, I haven't uh, changed anything. I'm, I'm just, I've, the kids are the kids. The kids are in school. We're parenting them. We've got stability. And there's that wisdom that kind of sets in about not having to chase after something new. Yep. I, I think uh, St. Francis de Sales had a quote that uh, somebody mentioned the other day. And, and I think they summarized it saying, bloom where you're planted. Uh, St. Francis de Sales said something a little different. He said, Truly charity has no limit, for the love of God has been poured into our hearts by his spirit dwelling in each one of us. 
calling us to a life of devotion and inviting us to bloom in the garden where he has planted and directing us to radiate the beauty and spread the fragrance of his providence. I hope that's a correct quote. It's not <laughs> online. But uh, that idea, though, I think that, yes, as an adult now, kind of, for me, I'm at this point, this, this moment, milestone. Right. But thinking about the stability and sort of part of being an adult now, part of being in this phase of my life, is just to accept almost the boredom of it, if that makes sense. Kind of the, God has put me here, and there are certain things I just have to do that is just part of the the roteness of daily life. Right. And it's not exciting all the time. There's not new and exciting changes coming every day or every month or every year. But that's okay. And that's what God wants out of you. And just embrace it. Yeah, and that bloom where you're planted is to say where we are, because we don't want to change families. We don't need to chase after the next, you know, newest um, career or whatever. We don't need to, to, to make a 90-degree turn or a 180-degree turn or whatever. We just need to take what we have now and make it better. Yeah. And so grow our families, grow our lives together. You know, what, what do we have now that God's given us, and how can we give that back tenfold? And improve it. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's huge. We, we played a piece yesterday on the show, uh, Father Ripiger, Father Chad Ripiger, talking about a rule of life. Um, and I think of our, our friend Chris, who is a lay Benedictine mm-hmm. with his family, and they, they live by a rule based off the Benedictine monastery rule, monastic yeah. rule. Uh, but Father Ripiger was making the comment that, um, you know, it's that stability, it's that structure, that everyday structure that actually enables us to grow in virtue and away from vice. It's when we just kind of live um, on the fly, I mean, to paraphrase Father Ripiger, yeah. that things seem to fall apart and we fall into habitual sin because we don't have that rigid structure. And I loved it because I was thinking about how, in some ways, my life is incredibly boring. I get up. I go to work, I come home, I spend some time with the kids, we put dinner on the table, we spend a little bit more time at home, maybe I'm playing guitar with the kids or singing, and then it's time to get ready for bed, and then we go to bed, and then the next day we get up and do it again. And meantime, you know, I've got friends that are like, oh, new exciting chapter in my life, or great, you know, 21-day European vacation, or <laughs> this or that, and the other thing, and, which would be nice. I would love to go to Europe for 21 days, but there's a certain joy and knowing that, listen, I've got kids that aren't jerks. Um, yep. They're very polite. They're very well behaved. And they're asking all these great questions about the faith. And you can tell that they're actually paying attention. It's like, okay, this is an okay place to be. I'm actually, I'd rather be here than on a 21 day spree, uh, but then coming back to chaos. Right. And, and I think, Corey, you know, you said the grass isn't always green on the other side. Right. Uh, that's a huge temptation in our modern world. You know, FOMO, uh, whatever, you know, jealousy, whatever it is that, that how it manifests, you know, on mm-hmm. social media. And I think it's the big driver of it. Uh, that really, I think, can get us out of those routines, can get us take our eye off the ball, right? So that we don't focus on making sure our kids grow up as good people and aren't jerks, you know, because then all of a sudden, okay, yeah. If you if you don't focus on the thing that is your your right in front of you, and you keep searching for something way out there, I mean, if you do go on that vacation and you come back and your kids are jerks, are you going to be happy? Well, to quote to quote Father in the homily I heard last weekend, uh, what else matters other than salvation? Nothing. Yeah. We're going to take a break here on the roundup this morning. Here's Zach Williams with a song, "Less Like Me." Prayer, Saint Clair of Assisi, God of Mercy. You inspired St. Clair with a love of poverty. By the help of her prayers, 
may we follow Christ in poverty of spirit and come to the joyful vision of your glory in the kingdom of heaven. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network on this Friday morning, July 7th. And uh, Corey Grizzles with us here in the studio. Corey, we've been talking a lot about marriage and parenting lately, you and I. And uh, one thing that is, I think, part of every marriage, there's going to come a time, spoiler alert, where you and your spouse disagree. And how you handle that. How do you handle that? that? That's the difference between a healthy marriage <laughs> and, uh, well, we won't go into the rest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, there. This is, this is something that I think everyone who is engaged to be married or who wants to be married and dating or not date, they just need to know that marriage is not wine and roses all the time. I don't know if either one of you thought that before you got married. <laughs> <laughs> that it was just going to be wonderful I was and beer and roses. Beer and roses. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> I guess I guess for you and Sarah, yeah, absolutely, beer and roses would be great. Um. So, <laughs> so you know, it's just one of those things where I, I really think this is important to be able to, um, <laughs> to warn people. To <laughs> that was that was the word that popped in my head, but <clears throat> that it's it's really all about how you communicate with each other and how you are um, loving and Christian to each other when you have these kind of disagreements or arguments because you know you've got two totally different people and usually opposites because opposites attract and when you have two totally different people you have two totally different ways of living um and ways of of just operating and you know even even little things like cleaning the house or even little things like um i don't know what we talked about before folding your socks right um and just how do you how do you bring that up and not be condescending to your spouse and saying this is not the way we do things uh, we do things this way um, and then and then ensues an argument of course mm-hmm. I think a big key in all this is and I don't have you know the experience you guys do we're getting there, we're getting there. Uh, we just passed 10 years this year but wow. um, so yeah 10 years and 35 all in one year right 10 years of marriage and 35 years old oh my gosh um, <laughs> But so I think you have to understand, so, so, so if you're the one bringing up, hey, this isn't how we do this in this house, or this isn't how I did right. this you know, growing up or whatever, you have to understand that you need to become in the sort of the best faith possible, right? Mm-hmm. Best understanding that the other person might take it wrong, but you're trying to be charitable in this. Mm-hmm. And then if you're the one receiving it, you also have to receive it in that way. Receive yeah. it that the person's not trying to insult you, mm-hmm. right? I think sometimes we get our guard up. And we want to say, oh, well, that person's criticizing me and somehow doesn't love me and doesn't respect my individuality or whatever in this marriage. Mm-hmm. And then, therefore, it then becomes a conflict. Right. Not just a disagreement, but actual conflict. And I think Sarah and I have tried to do a good job over the years of understanding that if I if I say something, I'm trying to say it not as a demeaning, not as a, a criticism, but as a you know something that's trying to help. Right. And And then I think... And again, if I receive something from Sarah, I'm trying to take it as a, she sees this and it's it's something that is important to her. And I want then to do, to return that back to her in a good right. way. 
It's it's often difficult to receive it that way just because immediately your guard goes up. Yep. And so no matter how you phrase it, no matter what you say, it's like whatever. There's there's usually a, a topic or a subject or something that's very sore, you know, with someone else. And so it's just it's tough to receive that. But but if we can communicate and say, look, I'm I'm trying to bring up this topic. Mm-hmm. How we how can we do this without you know, without that type of of resentment or um, things like that 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 will happen between that. There's a lot of communication that needs to go in there. However, also the way that you bring it up. So we need to, mm-hmm. to recreate and that and, and right and talk about that. And and one that one thing that's really helped me is to understand that you use, use I versus you statements. So I when I say I feel like this when you do this or when this happens, you know, then then that kind of makes it on a little bit of more of a neutral ground, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so when I, and that's, I've felt that way before where I'm like, okay, I want to accuse him of, of something, but at the same time, it's not about, he didn't realize that he just made me mad by what he did. I just got to say, I feel really embarrassed when we're always late, mm-hmm. which does not happen in my house. Sorry. I'm not throwing you <laughs> under the bus. That is, <laughs> I think it is totally to, the opposite. He should say that about me. <laughs> something Sarah and I do sometimes is, is paraphrase. If we know we have a difficult topic or something difficult to bring up. We'll just paraphrase and say, look, I don't know how to accurately express this. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know how these may not be the right words, but here's what I'm thinking. Right. You know, and, and that I think kind of tones it down a little bit. And all of a sudden we know, okay, that other, I understand that other person. That yeah. other person has something on their heart. They want to share it. They're trying to do it nicely and in charity, but they just, sometimes the vocabulary isn't there, mm-hmm. right? We can't get it out of our, express it out of our heart <laughs> properly. Right. We both so, also have to understand that it has to be said. Yeah. It has to be said. Because you have, you can't n- not say what is what is hurting you, what is yep. you know, be, and only because you know that's going to upset the other person. So, and the other person has to understand that has to be said, whether I'm hurt by it or not. We have to get it out because yeah. if we don't, it's not ever going to be talked about. We're always going to feel this hurt and resentment. Yep. So, in that charity, we have to understand that that it has to be said, and I have to take it, and I'm going to get mad, but I'm going to take a breath. And then we're going to understand that that something has to change. Yes. And that's when we need to walk in the middle and, and humiliate ourselves and say, okay, I'm sorry. I did this wrong. We'll do something better next time. You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. not easy. Beth has been fantastic in, uh, and she's grown in this over the 14 years of our marriage. And it, it, it compassion, you know, mm-hmm. when she, when she has to say, Something that she knows needs to be said, but she also knows it'll it'll disappoint me or upset me or or whatnot. Um, you know, and especially with children, there's a lot of things that would be easier, you know, it, at least in our eyes, if we could just say, "Oh, why do we have to? Why why did God give us this rule? Why did our Lord give us this rule? Why does the church say to do this? Why can't I just fly off the handle and become a terror for my children when the house isn't clean, right?" And when she calls me to accountability on it, she does it with such great love and such great compassion. And she, and even to say, like, look, I know what I'm telling you isn't easy. I know what I'm telling you is hard. And there's nothing I can say that's going to make that any easier right now. But I also want you to know that I love you and that we're going to get through this together. And sometimes that just takes, it, it, it's kind of like when you go to the dentist and they have to do things and they have the numbing gel. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually make you numb, but it takes a little bit of the edge off. It's like, okay, you know what? This is hard, but we can do hard things together if we're united trying to do God's will, you know? 
Mm-hmm. And having someone to, to remind me, listen, do you want to get to heaven or not? Because ultimately that's the question. You can do, you're, you're an adult. You have license. You can go do whatever you want to do. But do you want to get to heaven or not? And if the answer is yes, you can't do that. Yeah. The end. And that's so crucial in the marriage, right? And then if, if there is that element that maybe is missing, that's where it gets difficult. And so I sympathize with those couples who are going through struggles like that. Or maybe there's a lack of trust for some whatever reason. Um, that's that's where it becomes really difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the other the other big thing that we learned going through our marriage as well is is just always saying always apologizing for something. You know, I'll go through an argument and go, well, I'm right. I absolutely know that I am right and this is going to happen and we're going to do it this way. And but there's, you know, something I said that was not needed to be said. Something I did that I didn't need to do. I I shouldn't have walked away in dramatic fashion. I shouldn't have, you know, accused him of something that absolutely was not true. And, you know, and so if I if I step back and go, okay, look, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. And it's really hard for me because it just it's just hard for me. <laughs> yeah. So. We're, we're going to take a break here in okay. a moment. But I will say this one thing. I, and I think I learned this lesson from you, Corey, um, but, but something I recommend to everyone, especially when you know you need to have difficult conversations. Don't just have them on the fly. Schedule a time for a difficult conversation and maybe go somewhere. Uh, go for a walk, do something, but but have that time intentionally focused. Because I am an out loud, extroverted thinker. I process by talking, which I know sometimes drives my wife crazy because I'll say five things that aren't how I really feel, trying to get to express how I really feel, and then I'm just confusing. Beth is an internal processor, and she needs time, and I'm impatient. And I'm like, why can't you just tell me what you're thinking right now? And uh, so... in. As with age comes wisdom, Gabe Jones. You're uh, on the cusp. That, I'm you're on the cusp. It, yeah. <laughs> sometimes, like especially we had some hard conversations, we needed to make choices about the kids. Uh, we said, all right, we need to talk about this. We need to think about what our decision is going to be. So tonight when I get home from work, why don't we go and then we come up with a plan. And that's when we're going to talk about it. And then she's had all day to think. I've talked out loud to other people like 18 times about here, you know, trusted friend usually, but here's how I'm thinking. And then by the time we come together, we end up, we're having less arguments and more productive conversations because we're planning to have these conversations. We're also planning to take a break here. Here's Pat Barrett with a song called Sparrows and Lilies. Prayer in a time of waiting. All powerful and ever living God, guard our churches, our homes, our schools, our hospitals, our factories and all the places where we gather. Deliver us from harm and peril. Protect our land and the peoples from enemies within and without. Grant an early peace with victory founded upon justice. Instill in the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere a firm purpose to live forever in peace and goodwill toward all. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Monday evening, the kids and I, as you may have heard earlier this week on the show, went to the uh, Gateway Grizzlies game, watched some baseball, and then watched some fireworks. But in the midst of that, we took a, we, we meandered over to the kids zone at the ballpark where there's slides and things to climb. And there was a couple sets of beanbags set up with the boards and you throw the beanbags. It's kind of like horseshoes, but uh, I don't have horseshoes anymore. I just have, I have bags. Mm -hmm. And my son was like, dad, we should play this. And then somebody else stepped up right before we could, so we didn't get to. But for a moment I was thinking, you know, that's the kind of thing we go on a, uh, 
I've been wanting lately to go on a cruise, right? But a cruise ends, and then you're back to where you begin, and then what are you wanting for after that? But in that moment, I was like, all right, I'm going to play this game with my son at some point, and that's going to be a good thing. We ended up playing something else. We had a lot of fun. It was a good time. And uh, I was thinking to myself, you know, every week we're called to make Sunday the Lord's Day, a day of rest, a day of worship, a day with family or friends, family and friends, but for things like playing bags out in the backyard and something, and that there is a great joy in these simple things that sometimes we're in the rush of, we have to get to that next big thing that we miss out on all these simple things. And Gabe Jones, this is this is a, a thing you've been preaching about for a while, um, this virtue of eutropalia. Yeah. And I'm not great at this, so I'm, I'm not coming and saying, this is my, like, you know. <laughs> well, and let, let's define it first, holy yeah. leisure. So holy leisure. So, you know, things that uh, in the rush of life, right, you're, you're busy with your job and, and things that demand your attention, uh, there is a time, like a Sunday, where you need to take a step back, be in leisure, engage in leisure, but leisure not just being, well, I'm going to go turn something on on Netflix and just, you know, hang out and just mindlessly sort of like I'm going to shut down. Holy leisure, Richapalia, is this sort of raising of your mind to God, right, to something greater. And it can start with like something simple, like playing bags with your son. But even in that moment, you're engaging with your son. You're engaging with your family. Maybe there's a conversation. You're, you're living that first you're, vocation. Exactly. So as long as you keep that front and center, that's that's part of that, right? Um, you have to be careful that you don't play bags too much, right? right. Or that we don't, you know, Balance. neglect other things. But that eutropelia is that the virtue of constantly striving to be closer to God. But the eutropelia specifically, I, the way I understand it, is to do so in kind of a leisurely way not sort of a, um, a studious way. It's not like I have to sit here and read this book so I can learn more about God, and it's, it's, a, it's a chore, it's a job, right? But you can read a book about God if you enjoy reading books about God. Exactly. And you can do both. I mean, you can definitely study God. You should, right? But the eutropelia is the, the leisurely study, right? Yeah. It's just, I like the, I wanted to read this book. This looks like a really interesting book. I just want to read it on a Sunday afternoon, right? And That's, then it, that's what we're talking about. At the great Wright Family Jones Family uh, Bags Tournament and Backyard Barbecue that I'm has just, yet to be planned. Well, or, one day yeah, it one will day, happen. Yeah. Uh, we'll be we'll be throwing we'll be throwing the bags and saying, you know, I read this in a book about God and it was great. But uh-huh. great great activities that I love for families. Um, day trips are always good, especially shrines and historic churches. Yep. But I also love playing Uno. Card games with the kids and dominoes are a lot of fun right now because it's something even the six-year-old has enough of a concept of how to play dominoes. And we've gotten into some fierce competitions at my parents' house playing uh, chicken foot before. (laughs) Um, But then also, like I said, Uno, dominoes, uh, backyard games, and Mario Kart. Mm -mm. Mm, Okay. Mario Kart's big in our house. Yeah. Yeah, I think that having those leisurely times, the day trips, going on a hike, just saying, hey, we're all getting together and we're going to do this. And we go on a hike and we just revel in God's uh, creation and getting closer to what, you know, what life is all about. It's all about living for another day and getting to heaven and, you know, just playing games with our kids. We do that quite a bit. I mean, I think that's one of the things we want to do tonight is either laser tag or 
playing games. My daughter's in town from from Florida for a week, so we have to use up all the time we can. <laughs> but um, but you know, and in doing that, I revel in the creation of my children, and you know, and it's one more memory that they have that they get to to bring on to their generation and their children, and um, and so yeah, that that one day, and, and it's all about a balance, right? Like you can't do too much of it. And you can't do too little of it because you just you'll be such a rigid person. <laughs> you know, yeah. you have to have some fun in your life and something that you can really enjoy. Um, but it's all about, you know, have taking that one day. Sunday's been kind of a challenge for me. It, it went from I'm going to ignore the laundry. I'm going to do something else. You know, like I'm not I'm just not looking at it today because I could. I have time to do it, but I'm not going to. You know, it, it came from that to no, we're going to take Sunday and just have this day as a family. Yeah. And there's a reason why I think you could replace maybe Utropelia with recreation, as long as you understand that it's you know what actually it is, because mm-hmm. recreation is what recreation. We are just recreating and maybe playing playing a game of bags. We are recreating mm-hmm. kind of a, a world, right? It has its own rules. It has you know habits and customs and things. <clears throat> and in that world, we are recreating an environment where we need to also grow in virtue, right? I, I need to yeah. teach my kids when I'm playing a game how to lose properly, mm. how to win with dignity, right? So hiking, whatever the activity is, there is virtue in that. And, and it's also, you know, something I, in some ways even a little bit more base than that, you know, getting getting to the core of this. It's just the, for those who are parents, those who have been called to that vocation, the joy of watching your children, mm-hmm. you know, not, not uh, anything more or less. And I think of the kids love to go for walks with Beth. And it started with Beth going for walks with her parents. Um, and they get up at six in the morning. You know, she's out the door by six in the morning on a Saturday to go for a four mile walk around the neighborhood. And then the kid, one of the kids was like, well, can I go? And it's like, well, we're going for a long walk. And the kid's like, I'm, I'm down for it. I'm ready. I'm going to go. Let's go. And they went. And now all five of them are like, mommy, can we go for this walk for you? And I love it because I do not like to go for four mile walks. <laughs> and they let me sleep. So I get a little bit of sleep. But seeing the joy on their faces and that they're getting that time to bond with their mother is such a great thing. And, you know, it, it's those, those moments we miss sometimes. Um are incredibly beautiful in their simplicity, but also their humor. And in mm-hmm. certain instances, like the other night, we're watching fireworks, and there was a malfunction, and something caught fire, and, and and the fire department was already there. Like they were standing by for an occurrence like this, and they came on and they said, "There's a slight delay. We're going to take care of this, and then we'll resume the show." And James, with this big old grin, just turns to me and goes. Well, I suppose you could say they're having technical difficulties, and and, and to me, it's, it was the funniest thing in the world that night. And it's all because instead of being focused on, oh, I got to take a picture of this, or I've got to be focused on anything else, it's like I'm just enjoying soaking up this time with well, my and kids. We were talking about milestone moments earlier in the show, and when we take true utropelia, that could be a milestone moment. That could be one of those times where we look back on and say, well, that was that turning point. That was that moment that I remember about that person, that, that thing, whatever. So don't pass that up, right? right. Embrace those and, and choose them wisely, right? And, and, and make them fruitful. Because mm-hmm. like I said earlier, you know, it's not just, Utropelia isn't just watching Netflix. I mean, right. yeah. it could be, it could, it could be a good movie on to watch, right? That is going to be virtuous, but um you know, understand the, the proper time and place in this. Yeah. We're going to, you know, we were talking about these beautiful things. We're going to listen to a song now, Matthew West, The Beautiful Things You Miss, as we take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Daily Offering God the Father, I thank Thee for creating me. 
God the Son, I thank Thee for redeeming me. God the Holy Spirit, I thank Thee for sanctifying me. Infuse into my thoughts, words, and actions Thy grace, so that they may be supernaturally pleasing to Thee and supernaturally rewarding to me forever. O Blessed Trinity, abundantly assist me in becoming that which Thou intended me to become when Thou created me. For in Thy perfection I will give Thee the glory Thou desirest of me, and in that perfection I will find my greatest joy in heaven. Amen. Well, Gabe Jones, in honor of your birthday, you get to take the Cataquiz today, and we may oh, even yay, have a, so <laughs> a fabulous prize for you. Uh, you were talking with us about the virtue of eutropalia, and uh, it is it is a virtue. Um, it's one that I've loved to hear about before. But what are the four cardinal virtues, Gabe Jones? That's your Cataquiz question today. <laughs> Listeners, you can play along, too. You can, you can ask yourself that question right now. What are the four cardinal virtues? Uh, so, I, the only thing I can think of right now is that Dan Vonderhaar is going to be uh, very disappointed in me. So, <laughs> I'm probably going to get this wrong. Uh, faith, hope, charity. No, those are no, the, those, no. those are the theological. Those virtues. are theological virtues. Okay, yeah. I'll give uh, you. I'll give you one. Prudence. Okay. Temperance. That's another one. Um, uh, I'm blanking. All I can think of is that Don, Dan Vonderhaar is going to be <laughs> very disappointed in Dan, me. Dan's that's listening can, right now. He's, he's going to text you later and say, yes. no birthday celebrations for you. The cardinal <laughs> virtues are prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. I, I and uh, deriving from the Latin word cardo, meaning hinge. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that. All the other virtues hinge upon these. Uh, so on, on your birthday today, you can celebrate, but you can celebrate with temperance. Maybe instead of having four birthday cakes, you just have one birthday well, cake. you gave me a box of eight <laughs> birthday <laughs> those cakes. Are, th- th- those, are, those are little snack cakes. So we okay. need some kind of so I can have like I can have four of these and it counts as one. It's like my dad <laughs> says, if, if you don't cut the piece of cake, if you don't cut the cake, the whole cake is just one piece. Right? That would not be temperance. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cardinal virtues help us to live out all of the other virtues. So, you know, asking yourself, is this prudent? Uh, what is just? Sometimes as a parent, I have to go to that one a lot. What is just? He hit me. She pushed me. She mm-hmm. pinched me. This, that, the other thing. Uh, I, I've been asking you for a month to clean your room. This is the punishment. That's so unfair. Is it unfair? What is justice? You know, um, and, and, and all of those things in those small ways help us to recognize it in the bigger ways. Because as a parent, especially with justice then when i go make my examination of conscience and go to confession it's it makes that uh that perfect contrition so much easier it's not i'm afraid of the punishment Mm -hmm. it's like i know i messed up and i know i did this and i know that i deserve a lot more than i'm actually going to get here and it's amazing to be loved by a God that's like, you know what, Adam, you love me, you're you're doing this, you came back, you're contrite, I will freely forgive you. Um, these little practicing these virtues in little ways lead to practicing these virtues in big ways. So there you have it today. Uh, we need to get you another check of the weather and our daily dose of encouragement. So let's do that now. Saint Ignatius of Loyola's prayer against depression. Oh Christ Jesus. When all is darkness, and we feel our weakness and helplessness, give us the sense of your presence, your love, and your strength. Help us to have perfect trust in your protecting love and strengthening power, so that nothing may frighten or worry us. For, living close to you, 
we shall see your hand, your purpose, your will through all things. Amen. When I was in school, it was fairly common to have a vocabulary test on a Friday. And even though it's summer break for most of our students here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, Patty Schneier has given us a few vocabulary words to look at as we wrap up this week on faithful citizenship. Now, yesterday, human dignity and subsidiarity were the words that we discussed. Today, we wrap up talking about common good and solidarity. So, Patty, here with our vocabulary lesson, what are we going to learn about today? Well, I had to learn myself about these words, and I was reading these papal documents and reading about the catechism and the social teachings of the church in order to form and become a good citizen. I want to be a good citizen, and I hope our listeners do as well. So, the common good, today we're going to talk about the common good. It's the sum total of social conditions which allow people, either as groups or as individuals, to reach their fulfillment more fully and more easily. That comes from Gaudium et Spes. Okay. So advocating for the common good begins with number one, protection of human dignity. We go back to that first word, human dignity, and includes society fulfilling its responsibilities and duties toward one another. So citizens have a right to access food, shelter, education, employment, healthcare, housing, as well as the freedom of religion and the freedom to participate in family life. So that's the important thing about the common good. We work for those things for all people. And that's really, really important. And that's what we should want to do as good and faithful citizens. So the next word is called solidarity. This is the fourth foundational principle for social justice. Solidarity. What does it mean? It recognizes that we are one human family despite our nationality, our ethnicity, our ideology, or status, and that we ought to love our neighbors as such. Solidarity comes down to love your neighbor. It seeks the eradication, totally eradicate racism, disease, and extreme poverty, and it advocates for the proper treatment of migrants. Paul VI taught in his World Day of Peace message in 1972. He said, if you want peace, work for justice. And it's through solidarity when we realize that everyone, we're all brothers and sisters, that we we recognize the church's preferential option for the poor. Pope Benedict the 16th said this, that we should have a love for widows and orphans, prisoners and the sick and needy of every kind. So that's what we're doing. We're trying to just love our neighbor as best we can. All of this is to say that Catholic social teaching does not easily fit into left or right ideologies. These principles are nonpartisan, and they reflect fundamental ethics that ought to apply to every single nation. That's the challenge for me. I have to know, yes, how do I vote a certain way? I may tend one way or the other, but then I need to be challenged in that vote to see there's a lot of work to be done in this political party, and there's a lot of work to be done in the other political party as well. That's what this is about. This is a nonpartisan ethic that should form our worldview. I've heard it said that our identity is rooted in our Catholicism, in our faith, not in our political affiliation. And this has been a great reminder for us today, Patty. Thank you for this week of the Daily Dose of Encouragement. And if you'd like to revisit any of these episodes or share them with a friend, be sure to check out the Daily Dose of Encouragement podcast wherever you get your podcast or by visiting ourcatholicradio.org. We are back. We're wrapping up our show on this first Friday of the month of July. And I want to remind you that if you're looking for a great event for 
First Friday, the Sodality of the Most Sacred Heart here in St. Louis has their monthly First Friday event tonight, uh, beginning at 4 o'clock this afternoon with doors opening at 4.30 p.m. A holy hour will begin. Reconciliation, the Sacrament of Reconciliation will be offered. Benediction uh, just before 5.30 and then Holy Mass and Bishop Mark Rivetuso, the Auxiliary Bishop of St. Louis, will be the celebrant and homilist for that Mass. There's no reflection after Mass tonight, but uh, that prayer opportunity in and of itself is just a great one to go to adoration, confession, and Mass on this first Friday, a beautiful opportunity for us. That's at St. Mary Magdalene on Brentwood Boulevard at the intersection of Manchester Road. And again, 4.30 p.m. this evening. But wherever you are, if you go to Mass today and you make your prayers in reparation of for sins against the Sacred Heart, you're on the team. You're on the first Friday reparation team, and, and we're glad to have you with us doing this important work. Also, you know, we, we talk about the importance of the Sacred Heart quite a bit on the show in the first Friday devotion and the first Saturday devotion. Um, I would encourage you to go to our YouTube channel and you can just search Covenant Network Catholic Radio on YouTube. And we have a great uh, video. Father Wade Menezes was with me about a month ago for the uh, Solemnity of the Sacred Heart. And we were talking about all of the important things in this devotion and in fostering devotion of your family to the Sacred Heart, and maybe set a goal that in August for First Friday, if you haven't consecrated your home to the Sacred Heart, get ready for that. You've got a month. You've got a month to get ready for that, to do that in August. Let's offer a prayer of thanksgiving for today's show in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Corey Grizzle, Gabe Jones, thanks so much for being with us in studio this morning for a uh, roundtable discussion. Gabe, any big plans for your birthday today? Uh, nothing super crazy. I'm going to do some work. I've got a softball game tonight, and that's So a little Utrapalia today. little Utrapalia, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's, that's it. And friends, we just want to remind you, as you go out there today, seek to be holy. Oh, by the way, it is Friday, and in addition to First Friday, it's Friday. I was thinking about this, a day of... Uh, penance, mm-hmm. and so easiest way to do that is what the church has prescribed for centuries: abstain from meat. Yeah. But if you're not going to do that, do some other form of penance and, and make it count. So no bacon for your birthday today. Gabe. No bacon. Yeah. No. We'll we'll do that tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Well, you have been listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. We'll be back with you Monday morning. We're going to be talking about the scriptures next week as well as we've got some we've got some good stuff in store. You're just going to have to tune in. Until then, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. I'm Corey Grizzle. I'm the birthday boy, Gabe Jones. <laughs> All right, the birthday boy, Gabe Jones. Pray your rosary today, friends. The Blessed Mother asks us to do that each and every day when she appeared to the children at Fatima. So let's echo that call. Have a blessed Friday.